Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? As you can tell, I am not your normal host, Tony Dunn. Uh, Tony is on vacation with the family this week, so shout out to Tony. Hope you're having a good time. But hey, you know, while Tony's away, the boys will play, right? <laughs> Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Panthers depth chart that was just released. Dan Arnold is apparently looking incredible in training camp. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. We're even going to talk a little bit of Zach Wilson throwing a bunch of interceptions. But before we do all that, let me run down some of the Panther faithful in our YouTube chat. Sideshow Rob, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Diesel Drew, Humble Flip, No Fool, NC Hager 22, Craig Cartner, ATX 19, Moneybag Lawson, ain't nothing to it but to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe if you have not done so already. Uh, let me join or uh, bring in my co-host for tonight. You know him. You love him. His first letter of his name is C. The second letter of the name is K. CK with the golden voice. What's up, brother? How are you, man? Man, uh, listen. Football is here, sort of. So that's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to be able to... I guess break down what we're going to expect to see on Sunday when we go against the Indianapolis Colts um, in our preseason debut. And uh, that'll be uh, nice to have a game to actually do a post-game show for. So uh, other than that, man. Panther football this Sunday. Right, How right. awesome is that, dude? Dude, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. I'll just put it out there. Like, it's, it's nice to have my focus be able to be on something else other than what all that's been on for the past year and a half. You know, obviously last year we played a little bit, but I don't think we were really paying that much. Att- I mean, we were paying attention to football, but it felt different. It feels different this year. It definitely feels different. So much more excitement. Uh, dude, we're all ready for Panther football. My next co-host is 
basically the de facto co-host of the Friday Free For All. He's been on every single Friday, and tonight he's made some time to join us on our Tuesday show. It's Nick Montero. Nick, what's going on, brother? How's it going, Cody? Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite, man. Yeah, dude, happy you could uh, happy you could come on. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. This uh, depth chart has come out, and there's a lot of really interesting things uh, to discuss. So I, I just want to uh, go ahead and jump into that, and because uh, there's a whole bunch of things that I know is on the mind. Uh, of Panther Nation right now, and let's just go ahead and jump into it. If I can click the right link, I promise I'll get to it eventually. Uh, do I even have it open? Yes, I do. Okay, here we go. Panthers depth chart. God, it's the same link. Your boy is really screwing up. Give me one second. Uh... I swear I have to see this is what happens when you have too many links open uh, in your Google Chrome browser, but we will figure it out. Um, okay, this is the one and I keep trying to share it and it's not sharing. But I'll go ahead and jump into one of the uh, the the issues that I'm definitely concerned with the most. Here we go. So right now, let's look at the offense first. Uh, and then we'll kind of go go through it a little bit uh, a little bit deeper into detail. Also joining us tonight, uh, a familiar face of the Friday free for all, Kevin Blashoven. What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Just I got me a beer. You know, since Tony's not joining us, I figure I'll get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got my uh, I got my Super Bowl jersey from 2003 on. Still fucking fits. That's how much of a fat kid I was. <laughs> love it, dude. I'm, I love a good throwback jersey myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and run through this a little bit. Um, there's a bunch of interesting things to talk about um, on this depth chart. And I want to start off by saying this. Dude, this depth chart means nothing to me right now. It means absolutely nothing to me. Until the Panthers have a padded practice, like – None of all of this is a hundred percent in flux. Um, right. It doesn't really say a whole bunch to me right now. It's certainly nothing to freak out over. But there are some interesting things of note, and um, I'll just kind of go through them real quick. Um, one, Chuba Hubbard uh, is our third string running back right now. Reggie Bonifant is currently higher than him on our depth chart, um, and he's our backup running back behind Christian McCaffrey. Reggie Bonifant did impress uh, in the time that he was here for us um, last year. He dealt with some injuries, but now apparently he continues to impress people even more so than Chuba Hubbard. Uh, does anyone have any uh, thoughts or opinions on uh, on the running back position? Yeah, we want to. Uh, I want to point out that when uh, this past week during the week, I can't remember which day, uh, Rule was asked about anybody that stood out. Um, and uh, just to further prove of the kiss of death that Matt Rule has when he gives you a compliment, he said <laughs> the one person that stuck out to him was how good Rodney Smith was playing. Um, oh, and, wow. uh, and so he's listed fourth 
on that depth chart, which indicates at least on that, he is probably going to be either a practice squad uh, player or he's just going to be a special teams, uh, you know, possibly a punt returner or something along those lines. So it's interesting, but uh, yeah, that's uh, I, when I see him at fourth, uh, I thought that was odd. I know we have Reggie Bonifon uh, and it, it, he's had to take over the load in t- at times and he's done a very good job in certain games, but um I, I'm surprised they don't want to have uh, Hubbard up there, you know, with uh, with the having draft capital and, and and clearly, you know, liking what he's able to do. I'm surprised he's not number two. I wonder how much of this is just Reggie Bonifant having a little bit of familiarity with the team already. Right. They kind of know him. You know, he's had a while to get healthy. Another thing to keep in mind, too, is that a lot of these rookies, um, you know, especially depending on the player, you know, they were just playing college football not too long ago. So, you know, they might not have the – the they might be a, a little more taxed coming into practice uh, than some of these other guys. Um, but, again, it's not something I would uh, super freak out about now. Another interesting thing that I noticed from this depth chart is why do we list two tight ends? We have a right tight end list yeah. and we have a left tight end. I think end that has to do like, with the offense we run, right? Because isn't that, uh, that similar to what a lot of the – uh, offensive, yeah, a lot of offenses have been running a lot of two tight end sets. To me, it, it's just uh, kind of misleading, though. Right. Like we, like we know that Terrace Marshall isn't going to be on the field with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Like, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, so you kind of have to bump all those other guys up. So Shai Smith is kind of looking like a second stringer right now. Brandon Zilstra. Uh, you know, is another guy that people are, are kind of high on. Uh, you're, some people are high on, rather. Um, and then, so look, we have to talk about uh, this offensive line depth that we have yes. going on here. Yes. Uh, because it's definitely the the biggest point of conversation. Um, and dude, I'll just say this. We have a guy on our team named Sam Texenberg. And I hope like hell this guy from Mecklenburg just so I can call him Sam Texlenberg from Mecklenburg, bro. Because I'm that kind of simple-minded idiot, dude. Either way, uh, he is our second string center. Um, and the most notable thing uh, is that Cam Irving is still listed at uh, left tackle for us. I don't think and, that's interesting. Well, it's interesting in the fact that apparently he's already been dealing uh, with some injury problems. Uh, apparently he's had a, a shoulder injury. Um, so he's kind of been uh, sparse in his ability to take the field. And listen, I've been staunch on this, and I'm going to go ahead and call my shot now. I'm almost certain that Taylor Moten is going to be our left tackle this year. People don't want it, and I understand all the people that don't want that to be the reality. But now, you know, uh, Brady Christensen, listed um, at right tackle behind Taylor Moulton, I'm kind of thinking that they want to push Brady Christensen into that right tackle area to put um, uh, Taylor Moulton on the left side. By the way, in practice, they keep on experimenting with this. They keep on yeah. giving Taylor Moulton left tackle reps. So what, uh, what, what do we make of that? Is there any kind of worry about our, our front uh, line up right now, and do any of you uh, feel any kind of way on our tackle positions? 
do we feel um you know obviously we got a, a couple of things i think one of the things that i thought was interesting was that Elfline is beating dennis daly for left guard yeah um i thought that was an interesting i know we just we i mean he's a free agent you know pick up and everything but um that just it it felt like you know and and correct me if i'm wrong but dennis daly still managed to do a pretty decent job at the left guard position or was he just a speed bump i can't remember i already did pretty good yeah Yeah, he did pretty good for what i for what i recall i thought so as well and i that's that's a surprise to me that he he's second string the other thing is how much of a bust we have with Greg Little coming in on third oh, on left dude. tackle. Can we talk um, about that? We we moved up to draft this guy. Marty Herndon moved up to draft this guy, and he's currently uh, yeah. uh, a third string left tackle behind Trent Scott, who, by the way, wasn't he a six round pick in that very same draft? Right, like, dude, it, it's just it's embarrassing, man. It's absolutely embarrassing. It's such a wasted pick, and it's already looking like he's a bust. Like, they, they aren't, you know, I had kind of floated around the idea of, well, maybe let's move him around. Let's see if he might have a second life to, at, at guard or, or something like that. Let's try and get some kind of value yeah. out of this guy. Right. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's happening anytime soon. Well, no, what's worse, how much we've wasted on him or the fact that we have one guy that's behind him? <laughs> Imagine being that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Before, Martez uh, Ivy. I mean, it's yeah, clear that Martez. he's a camp body. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. I mean, there, dude. Essentially, there's no difference between Greg Little and yeah. Martez Ivy. Like they played they more get, games last year. Same. Yeah. Amount of games, probably. Let me let me ask you this. How and maybe we can write this down or maybe create a uh, uh, a a a pool uh, an office pool to to figure this out. Um, should we start taking bets on which week it'll be before uh, Greg Little's on the practice squad or if he even makes it to the 53-man roster? First preseason game. Yeah. He's Fair enough. Healthy scratch. First if or second? Uh, if, First. He's, if he does not play the majority of left tackle position, like a left tackle, um, uh, uh, you know, reps in preseason, I don't know what this coaching staff would be doing with him. Like, there's they, they have no belief in him whatsoever. Yeah. Wait for that contract to run out. Scott right. Federer didn't draft him. They they have no connection to this guy. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a – he was one of these players that really had a lot to prove <laughs> this year. And, it, again, it's looking like he isn't going to do jack shit for us. So, um, yeah, man, I, I hated that pick when we made it. And, um, unfortunately, I, like many others, turned out to be right on this. Um Let's move to this last weird little thing before we move to defense. Hey, hold on. Yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. Tecklenburg? That's, uh, that's my uh, mayor's name. <laughs> really? Yeah. Fair I was enough. like, oh, shit, Tecklenburg? You made the oh, shit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe that's his son. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Probably. Uh, and you know what? As a matter of fact, uh, it wouldn't surprise me uh, – Nick Montero has a cousin on the team. <laughs> and, <Not really>? <laughs> Aaron Montero. <laughs> uh, it's a, you know, I, it, it, it isn't actually Nick's cousin, but in my head it is. So that's what I'm going to keep on calling him. 
Hey, we grew up in the same state, so in my opinion, we're kind of cousins. Might, yeah, might have been dude. the other end of the state, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, maybe that's your long-lost family. Uh, just like Tony's uh, long-lost brother is the guy that cleans the laundry. Yeah, this is your, your long-lost long lost cousin. Um, but, yeah, shout-out uh, shout to everyone who cleans laundry for a living. I'm sure that's not, not easy. Um, oh, Cody. So, Cody, real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. I looked up Reggie's contract, and this is yeah. his last year with us. After this, he's going to be a free agent. So, what if their thought is, let's run Reggie into the ground, put Chuba behind Reggie, let him get a few snaps, so that way we don't run him into the ground too, and then we have a fresh running back for 2022. Yeah, that's a great point. Um I'm not even mad at that idea, too. Uh, yeah. And again, I think there's an air of accountability also. I think, you know, just like every other team, our coaches want them to go out there and earn it and prove it, um, which is why we're so pumped for this preseason, man. Like, we, we want to see some of these guys actually, um, you know, make plays in a game against another team in pads on a different team, that being the most important thing. So, um, yeah, it's certainly a, a – you know, a, a good idea. I mean, I don't know if it's yeah. if that's the mindset behind what they're doing. Um, but then let's talk about this, dude. Uh, speaking of another potential wasted pick made by Marty Herney, how many other teams have two quarterbacks listed as their backup? I'm so confused. I don't understand why I, they've they've clearly made the decision to go ahead and like. There were still battles that needed to be fought on the on the trenches with their offensive line, but they didn't have any problem listing those guys out to third and fourth string. Like I don't know why they're having trouble yeah. deciding. Like, listen, at least for now, we're rolling with PJ Walker as our backup. I think that's the biggest question, right? That, that just seems so odd to me that you're going to have two second string quarterbacks. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, doesn't make sense to me either. Especially yeah. seeing how PJ was. Uh, PJ was put in quite a few times last season, you know, yep. whereas Will Greer, I think he only got sent in maybe once or twice. No, he didn't get sent in once. Oh, okay. Yeah. He didn't even have one shot. They like they, every time that like uh, that Teddy Bridgewater was hurt last year, um, they actually, they, it was, the question was always, who's going to win? Who's going to get the backup starting job uh, this week? And they never knew the answer. And then it was always PJ Walker instead. Um, I'm like I said. I think that uh, this is what his last year, or is it one more year after this that he has under uh, his? This is this is PJ's last year with us, yeah. And 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 what about Greer? Greer is coming close. This is either uh, his. Close Will Greer was, was drafted in 18, the same year, as, yeah, same year as uh as Greg Little. Yeah, so one more year after this. Was that the same uh, draft? Yeah, it was the same draft. Because horrible draft. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> Damn. And, and and if I'm wrong, I'm sure the chat room will will uh will correct me on this. But right. again, like you know, I, I said at the time that when Will Greer was when Will Greer was drafted, he was basically meant to be a contingency plan for a hurt Cam Newton. If Cam Newton's injuries continued to tank the season right. and, and render our offense ineffective, and that Will that Greer would be able to come in and do something. Never beat out Kyle Allen. Never beat out Teddy Bridgewater. Couldn't beat out uh, P.J. Walker last year for the backup or Taylor position. Heineken. 
Yeah, or but you gotta. Yeah, and- there's there's a couple of things we the caveats we have to throw in here with we're. we're, we're Will Dreer apparently. <laughs> yeah, Will, Will Dreer. Will Dreer. Um, listen, we That's talked his about new him name not beating, from now on. By the way, right? We talk about him not beating out Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen had a rapport with uh, Ron Rivera, and Ron Rivera is known for playing the guy who's been in the league longer. We all known it. We saw it happen with Brian Burns. We saw it happen with plenty of other uh, up and coming talents that were able to blossom once they left here or once they were able to get on the field, um, but. That being said, so let's let's take the Kyle Allen part of it out of it because, you know, in all honesty, that was a shit show decision by our our coaching staff. Um, even if you want to talk about him not beating out Teddy Bridgewater, which I think all of us would have preferred to see Will Greer on the field as opposed to Teddy Bridgewater last year. In one way or another, he was either going to be better or give us a better draft pick. One of the one of the other, um, and we and, would know what we would have in them too. Exactly. That's, that's the yeah. other big unknown. I think we all wish that would have happened, but we also know Teddy Bridgewater was paid to play and he was paid to come in here and run an offense that he was familiar with because he was over there with new Orleans and Joe Brady. Um, and so that, that there was no chance, no matter how much better, like we saw PJ Walker come in and in my opinion, play better football, maybe not as sound, uh, obviously not as uh, great with keeping the ball in the, uh, our team's hands, but he played better, at least more exciting football for the fans than than Teddy Bridgewater did, and Teddy Bridgewater still got that win uh, for that starting job. He still got the nod all the way to the end. Um, and and then if you want to talk about why PJ Walker got the, the 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 nod, we all have seen it time and time again with Matt Rule. There is a sense of of nepotism that comes along with his position. He has too many Temple players. He's got too many you know uh, former players that have played for him in college that have are on the on this uh, on this team. And I think that it's clear that he is. You know, there, there is, I mean, how is it not going to be? You're familiar with PJ Walker. Um, Will Greer wasn't your decision to come into Carolina. So, I mean, right now he's like uh, an odd man out. I think he deserves to have a shot if in fact, Sam Darnold happens to go down. But uh, I think we need to see a lot of Will Greer this, uh, this preseason. And I'm hoping that they don't do a tremendous amount of, I, I think they should split the reps between PJ and uh, Will. Do you think that we're going to keep three quarterbacks or do you think that we're just going to roll with two and they're just battling for that number two spot? I think this season we're going to keep three. You know, it's it's PJ's last year on his contract. There's no reason to cut him unless if you want to trade him and try to get something for him, which I'm not necessarily against. But we know – I shouldn't say we know what we have in PJ. We know more of what we have in PJ than we do Will. You know, so I'm not necessarily comfortable leaving Will as our main backup, especially given the fact that uh, Sam Darnold hasn't played a full season. I was about to say that. You know, like, so what does that say about Sam Darnold. Yeah. We had to have backups. Well, right. What does it say about Teddy Bridgewater too? Yeah. Yeah, man, it's uh, you know, and so I feel like both uh, PJ Walker and Will Greer have a certain contingent of fans and it normally goes something like this you know will greer you know he wasn't given his opportunity to you know to really uh you know have someone depend on him to be the quarterback he never he got didn't. the opportunity and yeah it's like he did start uh, early in his uh or late into his rookie season uh you know i actually went to that Saints game where he started for us and just absolutely stunk up the door 
But again, our whole team was outmatched in that scenario. Um, and then again, PJ Walker, look, PJ Walker has a ton of fans that come into our chat room sometime and say that he should have, which I do agree that, uh, especially after we beat the Lions, I wanted to see PJ Walker start the rest of that season. Yeah. Like, why not? If he gave the offense an extra spark that it was missing otherwise, then yeah, give PJ the reins, let him throw the ball a little bit. Right. Um, I thought that he was opening up our offense in a way, um, just with his aggressiveness and want to push the ball down the field. I felt that that did a ton for us. But at the same time, you know, he has also had some up and down practices uh, thus thus far this training camp. Um, and again, one hasn't been noticeably better than the other. Right. Um, uh, another thing to, to mention, and I wanted to get everyone's opinion on this, um, how much do we want to see Sam Darnold play this preseason game? Knowing how shallow our depth is, and none of us want P.J. Walker or Will Greer to be starting the season for us. And on top of that, we've also been in a scenario where we started Cam Newton, and that's when he hurt his foot that, you know, tanked our chances the rest of the season. So right. it's not like Panthers aren't accustomed to having this happen to us. Yeah, I mean, how much at all would you play Sam Darnold? I don't know that I would, especially on this first game. Um, I mean, maybe one, one drive and that's it. But I only have, my biggest issue is this is literally, um, a game that if he has a bad drive, it is going to just cause everybody in Panthers nation to say, cut him, cut him, start Will Greer or PJ, I'm sorry, start PJ Walker. Nobody's going to be calling for Will Greer. I don't think, uh, but you know, he's it's just going to be, it's going to be bad. I, I obviously we got to get him out there, but I also don't know how, like, I, I guess it really depends upon what we see from the Indianapolis Colts and our mutual joint training. Um, you guys got to keep in mind, the Colts don't have a bad defense. Like they have a pretty, no. uh, pretty stout defense. And do we want to start yeah. off uh, Sam Darnold's uh introduction to Carolina with uh, that defense. I, I just don't know that I do. And DeForest Buckner. Um, mm. I mean, again, you run, you run that, you run that risk of, yeah, you don't want him to get hurt, but at the same time, you kind of want to see some of the stuff that they've been practicing pay off. You want to see them get in that rhythm and start to build. Some get that chemistry. rust off. Yeah. But bump the rust yeah. off. Remember he hasn't, Play good football in a right. while. So, he was out most know, of last year, too, right? Um, he was out. I know he finished the year. He might have missed a few games. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly a, 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 an interesting thing to monitor how many snaps they do give Sam. Because you don't want to coddle him. You don't want to baby him. But then again, at the same time, there's a lot of unknowns about our offensive line. PJ that, yeah. Walker and Will Greer are still battling out for this backup spot. You know, I just, I, I really do think um, that Sam shouldn't play too much. Like, yeah, you know, I think CK hit the nail on the head. Maybe like one, one series. Yeah. Is it because of the injury or because you're scared you don't want to fuck up his mental? No, I'm not worried about his mental. I mean, if anything, if I didn't have to worry about 
uh, his his injuries, then I would want him to be out there. Yeah. Look, throw throw picks. Fuck around. You know, you know you're knocking the rust off. You know, I'm not worried about his mental. You know, I think Sam will be fine. Um, but you're gonna make mistakes, especially early on in the season. And I want Panthers Panther fans to remember that. You know, everyone's gonna want to drag him over hot coals the right. first time he throws an interception and just completely mm-hmm. jump off the deep end. I mean, unless it's bad, bad. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't hit the panic button. Fast. Sam's first year in preseason wasn't all that impressive. But his first game was ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I mean, yeah, out of yeah. out of the three out of the three teams that we play in the preseason, do the Colts have the best defense? Um, that or the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, we 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 played a couple of stout defenses. To be fair. Oh, yeah, we so, played the, the the Colts, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't so, feel like I'm not, as, I'm not as scared of the Steelers as that. Uh, nah, I was back yeah. in 2016, 2017, but or 2018. After the Browns, what they did to them. So I mean, if if we're playing three relatively stout defenses, in my opinion, play Sam for the first week. Put yeah. him in the entire game. Put him yeah, against a solid defense, and then he has three weeks to rest if he needs to. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad idea. Just you know, it's not going to happen because the problem that they're no. running into with that is you've got to be able to get the reps in for the third strings to find out who you're cutting. Um, so like this is a big game to find out. Number one, like uh, this is a great game for the ones. I think our our ones are pretty all set. Like I think we all yeah. can pretty much go through every position group and know who our ones are. I, I mean, honestly, I, yeah. I even would say, I mean, maybe other than the right guard or left guard position, um, I think we have that unlock as well. I mean, we already know left tackle, at least for right now, uh, is going, assuming that he comes in and he's still healthy, is going to be Irving. Right tackle is going to be Moten. Center is going to be Paradis. Um, I'm still confused about Dennis Daly not playing uh, or coming in second second string over there. Um, and then uh, I, the, the other guard, I'm not even, I can't even remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that part is, I I think we're pretty much clear on that. I think we really need to see our second and third strings to understand who we've got, um, and who's going to actually be, that's why I say I'm a big fan of PJ Walker and Will Greer getting one half a piece, uh, for pretty much all of these, maybe except for the last game. Um, but, uh, that way we can kind of get an idea of who we actually have in our, in our backfield. It used to be the third game was the where most starters played, but I don't know what they're going to yeah. do this year. Right, only three games, right? Oh, and um, so real quick, a show note for tonight. My bad, I didn't mention it at the start of the show tonight. There will not be any cat calls tonight, and I tried my damnedest to make it happen, but it required me getting out of my Google account. And the last time I tried that, it was a hell and a half to get back in. So unfortunately there will be no calls uh tonight. Just do it in the chat. Say what? Just do it in the chat. Like ask people in the chat room. Have them type of questions. Yeah, we'll do something. If anything, we'll have up some some backed up calls that uh that will get sorted out. Um and I just Craig, thank you for reminding me. I promise I will do the ad read. Um I, I have not forgotten about it. Um again uh, Tony is out this week, so I'm having to 
kind of fly by the seat of my pants here. But um, uh, the the last thing we're still on offense right now. Uh, before we yeah. get to the defense, um, we have released David Moore, and he was an undrafted free agent that a lot of people were really high on. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of people thought that he could play guard or center for us. And the Panthers uh, basically cut him, and I don't really know what for. And I don't know why you would even make that move before getting these guys some some preseason reps. So, like, you know, Deontay Brown is sitting at our backup right guard right now. I could easily see that guy continuing to work his way forward and eventually breaking the starting rotation. I don't know why you wouldn't um, give David Moore the – same opportunity to do the same thing it just doesn't really make sense to me um like was he really that you know was mike panasuk and matt kaski you know but i either of those guys better than david moore i don't know i wish we would have given um uh given him a chance to do something you know at least in one of the games you know why why cut the guy yeah, it, it really it makes no no sense at all to me. Like let the guy play some football, uh, right. and the and the Jets picked him up too. So, you know, for whatever reason, uh, if if David Moore ends up going on to be something for uh, any other team, um, then you know know that the Panthers are the ones that um, cut him essentially before we ever got to the first waivers. So that's uh kind of embarrassing if you ask me but go ahead man when i first heard that that they cut david moore i thought it was the receiver i was like oh shit they cut the receiver already yeah <laughs> i didn't realize it was offensive lineman same thing yeah um yeah she could thought that at first too when i when i told him that <laughs> yeah but, i was like uh, i was confused because they did the uh like the interview with david moore today um like for the uh, uh post uh post interviews for the uh practice and when you said that i'm like they let him do an interview and then cut him right after yeah what that assholes is the level of disrespect right <laughs> that's what i was thinking all right but um let's move on to the defense because there's definitely some interesting things um for us to talk about on defense number one let's talk about right side defensive end uh morgan fox is currently penciled in as our Ooh. starter ahead of your gross models. And, you know, I don't know what to think about this. Um, you know, I was really high on gross models coming out of Penn State. Um, couldn't stand the Penn State coaches because they never teach up all the tremendous talent that they have. Uh, but I did really uh, like your gross models' film. And right now, apparently, Morgan Fox. Uh, is playing better than him. Um, that isn't too assuring to me. Um, Morgan Fox doesn't, you know, say much or do much for me as a pass rusher um, right. or as a defender too. So, um, you know, it, it's just. Well, what do we think about this? Is there any worry about um, any any of the players on our current defensive line and uh, what this means for our future? I mean, not really. I think it's actually pretty. Uh, I think you were telling me um, about uh, Daquan Jones, right? And the fact that he's already penciled in as uh, ahead of Bravion Roy, who 
who is, you know, by all accounts, been a pretty good player there on the defensive line. Yeah, he played some in, good snaps for us last year. Yeah, and, and the fact that, you know, and, and I think you had talked about it. You had said, like, we need to keep an eye on this guy because he is, like, he's turning heads, uh, playing well. And uh, so I think that's an interesting uh, name there to be already penciled in at number one. Um, I'm more interested to move over to linebacker and talk about this. Yeah, yeah man, we can, we can jump around. Uh, wherever I I will leave it with this though for my um well for my final opinion we'll get Nick and Kevin in on this is I'm I'm still hopeful that Yatur can take a step mm-hmm. forward and and win that job to me that's his job for for the taking right I, I mean really it truly is um uh, I I want him to step up and um you know take this the next step forward and I'm hoping that he can. Um, does this worry any of you at all? Nick, Kevin, whoever wants to jump in on this? I mean, he we got him in the second round last year. He should be a starter, you know? So maybe sit him one year behind Morgan so that way he picks up something. You know, because last year he did start for us, and we had a pretty young defense last year. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. He, can, maybe he can pick a couple things up and be our starter for next year, you know? But I'm not going to necessarily worry about it too, too much right now. He's... He's still second string, not third string. So yep, yep, yep. Um, I mean, yeah, go ahead. always beat him out for the first starting job. I mean, I don't think I'll set in stone the RM with Fox as starting. Right. Yeah. Um, shout out to Panthers Buzz FSU twenty three says Morgan Fox. Uh, Did really? Sacks last season with a limited role. I mean, it's, I don't remember it being that much. I'm not saying Panthers Buzz is lying. Um, again, though, it's like I kind of feel the the same way uh, that uh, you know with uh, Morgan Fox that I do about Justin Burris. Like, it's just a name that I'm not too familiar with, right. so I don't really have a, a real strong opinion on what he can and can't do. I just imagine that if you know, unless it's some diamond in the rough story that's about to play out. If we haven't heard much about him before, well, then they're probably just a warm body out there. Right. Um, and I don't know, Morgan Fox, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's a warm body that we don't know a lot about at a very important position. So that's kind of why it worries me a little bit. Um, CK, you he d- want he to did get, about- ahead, he Nate. did, he did get six sacks last year. So I'm looking yes. at his stats right now. Yeah. And he started all 16 games the last three the last three seasons. So he's he's at least been healthy too, which interesting, which is kind of something that we need. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong. We we do need that. (laughs) Maybe that's why I guess he's Um, healthy. Yeah, but moving over to to linebackers. Yeah, do um, it, man. So this is an interesting one. We'll we'll talk. I guess we can. You know, read out what we have here uh, first and foremost, and then uh, you know go from there. But right now, at our left off or outside linebacker, we have starting out with Shaq Thompson, and not much. By the way, we don't have much depth behind Shaq. No, um, you're not going to recognize no. any of these names: Julian Stanford and Jonathan Silliston, Silliston, whatever that is. Um, and then it, coming in interestingly, and I don't know if this has to do with Denzel's injury because he hasn't really been able to like he's been kind of recovering. Um, from one, but he's got Jermaine Carter Jr. as our starting middle linebacker. 
which is interesting to me. I'm actually not a bad, like, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. I think I actually like that uh, yeah. because it's going to give us an idea of what he is. And I don't think we've really had a shot up to this point to see that until last late last year when we finally got uh, tired Whitehead out of there. Uh, and then yeah. we actually started to play a little bit better as a defense. Um, that's an interesting excited last year. But but to have Denzel Perryman be signed to be our starting middle linebacker and him to come in on the second string on the depth chart, uh, do you guys believe that that has to do with his injuries? Or do you have to do with – is it actually that Carter has been outworking him? I think it's Carter. I think the potential of last uh, season – I mean, he got me hyped. Maybe just because of Whitehead and how bad he was. So it was exciting to see someone actually do good. But I think he maybe he's got tons of potential. Right. Right. I mean, I'm hoping that's the case. Um, and, and, and Denzel Perryman, I think he, he's recovering from an injury prior to us signing him too, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. He's been dealing uh, with some injuries. Uh, he didn't finish every game last season for the Chargers either. Right. Um, uh, so that's been something of concern. Again, we're not going to get into it, but he's also – someone who hadn't been vaccinated and they were asking him questions about it too. So that's, you know, I don't think that plays anything into it. Um, right. So again, maybe they're just being kind of, uh, you know, slow with him. But guys, I got to be honest, Jermaine Carter Jr. Like, yeah, I'm hopeful for, for him, but that doesn't, like, do we know? Like, God, we're hoping that he's better than Ty right. Whitehead. But it's right. like we, Scott Fitterer brought in Denzel Perryman strictly for this purpose, to be our middle linebacker. And now, you know, if, if he's if he really is second on the depth chart uh, because it's a skill thing, like if Jermaine Carter is outperforming him, to me that's a problem. Unless Jermaine Carter has just stepped into all of his potential and is balling out right now, um, you know, which I don't necessarily know that's the case, but um, yeah, that's not very assuring at all. No. Maybe like Carter knows the system better. This true, you know, and, yeah, you know. this is probably the best the best idea uh, to explain it real quick. Salesman says, "Don't get hung up on first and second string line. We're gonna rotate bodies all game." And by the oh, way, shout me. out shout out to oh, one yeah. of the founding members. Of the C3 podcast, Joe Riolano, what's going on, brother? We love and miss you. He said, could the quality of depth be a problem for the Panthers? And uh, I definitely think so. That's why I named this uh, uh, tonight's episode, Panthers depth chart looks shallow. Because that's <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's what I'm feeling right now. That right. We're, um, you know, we're, we, we're a few injuries away from potentially having a real bad time of things. So for the middle linebacker, I mean, Jermaine, Jermaine Carter, it makes sense to put him in, put him in that first string. You know, Denzel Perryman dealing with injuries a lot. You know, he hasn't really been practicing all that much just because of his injuries. Unfortunately, not vaccinated. So that does play a very minor role in it. But who knows? Maybe a little competition for Jermaine actually made him step up Definitely. his game even more. Or just a yeah. better Yeah. A lot of people are hopeful, man. I mean, you know, Panthers buzz is Carter's going to name or make a name for himself. Uh, you know, a lot of people are really kind of hopeful that 
uh, he can be something legit for us this year. So, you know, I mean, here's the hope. And again, it's another one of these players where I, I don't really know how to how to feel about him um, too much. We've kind of seen him in a limited capacity. He stepped in when he had to, and he did as as, as good as can be expected. But, I mean, now he has a real opportunity to go yeah. out there and yeah. genuinely compete for this starting inside linebacker spot. Um, uh, and then on, on top of that, um, you start to look at some of these other uh, linebacker positions. Um, do we even see uh, Christian Miller on here? No. No. Yeah, he's third. On the, the – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, defensive end. Yeah, yeah, left defensive end. Yeah, 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 okay, he's all the way at the top. I'm done. Yeah, behind Marcus Hands, too. Man, that's, and an see, that's, another, that's another player that, um, you know, I was kind of high on when we drafted him. He dealt with a lot of injuries in Alabama, and I don't know if maybe potentially that's what's been holding him back now. But um, he really had a lot of good flexibility. Ains or Miller? Uh, I'm talking about Miller. Okay. Uh, yeah. When well, you and you got to keep in mind what happened last year too. Yeah, like he, he opted he, out. Yeah, he opted out yeah. for the entire season, and 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 I, I'm telling you guys, as much as they want to try to, and you guys probably feel it on your day to day lives. Like if you try to go out there, and if you go try to go to your work, and they say if you don't want to work today, that is your choice. You don't have to work. If you say, all right, I'm not going to work. Well, guess what? Everybody else that decided to come to work is going to hold a grudge. And the people that were in charge, even though they told you it's okay, we're all human. We're all going to hold that grudge, right? Um, I mean, they're going to hold that. So I think that there's he, he's going to be fighting an uphill battle because he made that decision to opt out last year. It sucks because he was given that option and he had that right to do so. But I do believe that, that that's probably impacting his position as well. Yeah, because he's a coach and everything too. New system. Right. Yeah. I mean – how much did you think that plays into it? That like, the, the fact that he just lost an entire year. Do you think they just don't, you know, they don't trust him as much as they do Marquise Haynes necessarily in that position? Who, by the way, has been here a little bit longer than Christian Miller. So again, that's a guy that's a little more familiar with with what we're doing. Even though he's had a few defensive coordinators, um, yeah, it, it interests me how much. I, I kind of think it's an injury thing with him too. Like, I, I feel like, um, you know, at least that's what it was at Alabama because he did a lot of really good stuff at Alabama right. and just kept on getting hurt. Um, I know we opted out because of COVID, but, um, again, I want to see him. A lot of these guys have worked their way up the depth chart. A lot of these guys still have the potential to do something, um, especially Davion Nixon sitting right there uh, behind Derek Brown. Uh, that's a, a name who I can see being a legitimate – guy in our rotation um yeah d does anyone have uh see anything else that they wanted to um to mention oh yeah and do we have aj Bouye listed behind jc horn but they pretty much mentioned that um uh we're gonna put him at nickel and so and that's kind of i think that's a good move let dante have one more year to man the outside prove he can be a true outside cornerback and, and let him play. Um, and finally, the final bit of thing that I do want to talk about on the defense is Jeremy Chin 
is listed as our free safety. And this is kind of unexpected to me. I was not expecting him to play free. Um, I was more expecting him to be a strong safety yep. for us. But now they're they're wanting to put him at free safety. And um, I've heard a few fans mention this as like a possibility of something that they wanted to see. But now it appears that that's really potentially what they're going to do. And you already picked off Sam Darnold in practice today, too. Yep, yep. Maybe I can try and find a clip of that and show that here in a minute. But, um, yeah, what do we think about um, Jeremy Chin moving to free safety? Honestly, I don't know that he's staying at any position. Like, I think he's going to be the Swiss Army yeah. knife of the defense. Yeah. Like, I mean, it just it seems like they know his versatility is going to be valuable to them um, <clears throat> in, in a lot of different areas. And if he's needed elsewhere, I think he's going to be utilized elsewhere. Let's face it, he was probably one of the most important pieces, if not the most important piece, on our defense last year. Right. So why why stray from what you know already works? Bounce that man around, put him in every position possible, and let him eat. Not wrong. How many uh, interceptions does he have on Sam Darwin now? So I'll go ahead and share this clip. I don't know exactly. Um, he has two. Yeah, two I also yeah I, I also uh, think two. Um, enlarge this play right here. Drops back, five step drop, and just doesn't see. Uh, doesn't see Jeremy Chin just hanging back there, waiting for him. He just intercepts the route, gets right in front of him. Shout out uh, Rashad and PMP for the content uploading from training camp. So, uh, again, man, like, uh, our guys are starting to make plays on, on defense. If this works out for us, I love it. I'm a firm believer in a dominant uh, sideline to sideline, single high free safety. I, I love that, man. Um, and the, the Panthers haven't really uh, – I mean, I would say Kirk Coleman during our Super Bowl year was probably the best, um, you know, more consistent free safety that we had, you know. So – and, you know, that's been a while. Um, so, man, if Jeremy Chin can be a legitimate free safety for us, uh, like Sideshow Rob here says, yeah, that might be the ultimate weapon. At the same time, when you go back and look at that play, you know, Sam had some time to sit there and throw the ball. You know, I know it's practice. Right. I know they can't tackle the quarterback. I know that they were basically right there by the time he was throwing it. But he had time to actually to throw it to who he wanted to throw it to. You know, that's definitely yeah. a step up from last season. Right. Definitely a step up. Uh, do, do you think that'll be uh, the, his final position, or do you think the Panthers are going to continue to try and um, kind of mix him and match him and see where he works the best? Or do we think that he's pretty much going to live uh, as that single high free safety for us now? I think it's I don't know. I mean, I think it's so early. It's hard to say at this point. Yeah. I think he's going to bounce. He's he's going to bounce all over. You know, I think he might spend the majority of the time there, but he's going to bounce all over. <laughs> Easy said, uh, is Darnold colorblind? Hey, dude, look, man, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I've actually heard a lot of good things about Sam Darnold uh, this uh, past few weeks in training camp. Um, I'm actually excited for for what Sam has, has been doing. 
And again, that's part of the reason I did want to see him some in the preseason because it does look like from the stuff that we're hearing on Twitter that he is really starting to find a rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And let's talk about that now, especially with uh, Dan Arnold, because Dan Arnold, um, if you've been following any of the, the, the beat writers and any of the guys that are on Twitter, um, you'll, you'll know that Dan Arnold and Sam Darnold, they really have formed a connection, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun saying that all season. Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold, and right. uh, see how many times we're going to mess that up uh, when we're talking about it. But uh, again, the Panthers haven't really had a legitimate um, you know, tight end since Dan Arnold. Um, and apparently he has looked incredible. So uh, what do you guys foresee from Dan and that position this year for us? I'm hoping, man. I've got my fingers crossed that we're we're getting another uh, tight end that is being thrown out by his organization and we're able to maximize. I mean, I think I see a lot of positives out of him. So I think that is, uh, you know, something I'm looking forward to. Um, but I think he's also admitted my biggest concern with him is going to be the blocking. He needs to work on it. Um, and uh, once he does, I mean, I think this, I mean, if, if all goes well, this guy could very well be one of the, you know, another one of these uh, tight ends that we look back on and be like, I can't believe we got him for, you know, for nothing, you know, didn't have to spend a draft pick on him or anything like that. But, you know, it's hard to say with these guys. Yeah. Nick, what, what, what are you thinking, man? Do you, you think we're going to get a crazy good season from uh, from Dan Arnold this year? I think we're going to have to. I mean, he's, he's definitely standing out amongst the tight ends as far as receiving. If you go back and look at the depth chart, if I remember correctly, he was placed on the right side, you know, so it would make sense if he's not that great at blocking, put him on the side where you have Taylor Moten keep the two tight ends or keep the tight ends over on the left side that are halfway decent at blocking gives you an extra guy, you know, and then at, at the same time, it also frees up Dan, uh, Dan to go and catch the ball. Yeah. Sideshow Rob says he sees uh, 750 yards, eight touchdowns is realistic. Dude, That'd be nice. We, yeah. We would love for that to happen. Um, and and it, again, apparently, uh, uh, I was following uh, the four-man rush, and they said that uh, there was a real connection there between between Sam and Dan, and that they were really making a connection in the back of the end zone too. Um, and I really want to, you know, go back and give some uh, some love to uh, Sam Darnold here too. I wanted to show this play uh, that was going around on Twitter. It was just a perfect pass by Sam to Terrace Marshall in the back of the end zone. Uh, and Sam throws a pebble. J.C. Horn in coverage right above his head where only uh, Terrace can get it. Terrace comes down and gets two feet in the end zone. Mm. Dude, man, that is uh, – that's about as, as good as you can so want right there, man. Uh, I, I mean, that's a – yeah, this is – I'll just let it play um, on, on repeat. Um so, okay, there were, there was a few days where Sam Darnold had kind of struggled. He had thrown a few interceptions, and people online were kind of, you know, freaking out about it. But now that the reports are that Sam Darnold has really started to pick up the pace, um, are you guys starting to feel a little more excited and a little more confident 
about what Sam might be able to do for us this year. Yeah, dude. Like I'm, I'm getting. I, listen, I think it's. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of holding back expectations, but I think. Uh, I mean, like I said, I think he has the potential to, to come out and actually show the world that he's he was drafted at the position that he was for a reason. And you know, once we actually see what he's capable of doing, I think we're going to be excited. I mean, look, that's – and, again, right there, that's a perfect pass, man. Like I said, that's right in the spot where only Terrace Marshall is going to be able to pull it down. And, dude, that's another thing. We are going to love the physicality and the size that Terrace Marshall Jr. represents in the red zone right. for us now, man. Like, that is that big body presence that we really didn't have last year. Wait, Robbie Anderson's a tall guy, but, you know, he's 170 pounds soaking wet. He's skinny. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He's not going to bully yeah. anyone around. Terrace Marshall Jr. is 215 pounds. His long arms, very strong. He runs very precise routes. And, again, if you look at what Joe Brady was able to do with him in the LSU offense, dude, he already knows how to use him to the best of his abilities. So, yeah, I'm super, super excited about Terrace Marshall. Uh, that, that's a, that's probably the guy that I'm most excited about seeing um, uh, during this preseason game that we have coming up here. I mean, yeah, Sam, but we're going to see a limited number of Sam snaps. But watching Terrace Marshall do stuff like this, yeah, I'm super pumped to, to see what he does this Sunday. Yep. I'm excited about Terrence Marshall. You know, he's he's going to bring a lot to the table. As much I am excited about Sam, but at the same time, I'm trying to tell I'm trying to tell myself to to ease it off a little bit, just because a lot of the videos that we see, it's one on ones or seven on sevens. He doesn't have anybody up in his face, you know. And when you listen to all the Jets fans talk about Sam in practice, they always say that he looks great. But how much of that time in practice is spent with a defensive lineman in your face? Yeah. You know, we have that defense that he should be training against. You know, you got Brian Burns, you got Morgan Fox, you got all those guys that you know are very physical and will bring the game to you. So at at the end of the day, we have that defense that he should be lining up against. And if I was at Matt Rule, I'd be doing 11-on-11s as much as I possibly can. I'd be getting the defensive lineman up in his face, putting him in pressure, so that way he breaks out of whatever whatever mental space he was in that was holding him back up in New York. You know, give put him under that pressure. Try to, try to put him where he needs to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah a lot of people uh, have been making this comparison – uh, of Terrace Marshall Jr. to Musin Muhammad. I know I brought this up on the Friday free-for-all, I think it was. Um, but, yeah, dude, uh, hopes are high. Hopes are really high for my man Terrace Marshall. I think a lot of people um, are really excited to see him. But, hey, real quick, before we go any further, um, listen, I have to tell you guys that if you are looking to bring down your energy costs, well, then what are you doing, man? You need to get off of, uh, you know, get away from Duke Energy. Get you some solar panels. Contact our very own Kevin Brown. Uh, quit renting energy and dealing with increasing rates. No money down. Contact Kevin Brown at Avolta, Energy with Avolta. 
record say that you uh found out about avolta through us the c3 podcast let us know that helps the podcast grow and continue to bring you guys your panther content so yeah shout out to kevin brown um guys i wanted to talk about uh talk about this a little bit too and see if uh you know what panther nation is thinking about this um the past few weeks zach wilson uh has been apparently throwing a ton of interceptions uh in jets training camp and a lot of people are already really um you know they're, they're kind of shitting all over zach wilson and saying he's already a bust um i don't know if this is on the defense uh of new york or if this is just bad throws by him um it even was to the point where um they uh they're putting out articles here i'll go ahead and share it just to show you all the headline um uh on cbs sports jets head coach robert sala preaches patience after zach wilson's saturday scrimmage struggles and again this is going to be another one of those quarterback storylines that'll be fun to follow seeing as how the new york jets chose zach wilson over our starting quarterback that we are playing for us right now uh that's going to be a fun uh storyline to follow yep. the rest of the season and i'm wondering if you know if our guys you know jc horn and dante jackson if they ever come across stuff like this and they're just licking their lips just waiting to start the season right. and just waiting for this dude to 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 target them and rue the day that they did I think Man, Brian I... Burns is probably the most excited thing about it. Very yeah, first right? game of the season. He's the one that gets the rush at him all game long. Make him real comfortable. Welcome Bro. to Charlotte. Welcome like, to the NFL. Listen, listen. <laughs> this guy is going to – this guy is on the verge of No, Sam Darnold is. Yeah, I was going to say, this guy's on the verge of being, like, Zach Wilson is, I should say, is on the verge of being, like, the most hated person in New York. First, you're going to come in, and then you're going to hold out over, like, peanuts, you know, and not come to training camp for a good period of time until, like, and, and we all know as a rookie quarterback, coming to training camp is, is like, like, that is a must. Like, you need to make it. Like, that's, the, especially with learning in a complete, it's a completely, everybody's learning a completely new playbook and everything. I mean, I know he had OTAs, so there's value in that, but. Like if he comes out and he just if first two or three games he is just garbage he's gonna be the most hated person in New York. It always happens to him too, man. Every time they draft a quarterback, the New York Post will do this big write up and put the new quarterback right on the cover, and they've done that for every single one of them, and none of them are there anymore. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I'll, listen, if you've been following this channel for a long time, you know, I had Zach Wilson rated very high uh, when I scouted him. CK did the uh, the Panthers film room with me. Like, the dude has a cannon. Um, right. You know, the, the guy, he can make some effortless throws. No doubt about that. What we're wondering is, is you know, is he going to start fast or not? And, and is he going to have the proper... Uh, talent up there around him to, you know, 
make him look anywhere near competent? Or is it just another case of the Jets draft a quarterback and then they inevitably die uh, up there in New York? Like, I don't know which one it is. I think <laughs> right now it's probably the Jets, huh? Like, there's just something. I think he's going to die in New York. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's he's definitely going to have a slow start, but I don't think it's really going to pick up all that much. I mean, let's face it, the Jets are the Jets. How much better can you be in one season compared to last season when you were just basically the second worst in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, some say if you have a good quarterback, uh, you can turn around any program. Um, and that's going to really fall on Zach Wilson, um, in, in my opinion. You can have uh, you can have uh, a manageably you know you can have a decent offensive line and a decent supporting cast of, of wide receivers and and tight ends and running backs, um, but until you get that quarterback out there to be able to get the ball in their hands to lead the huddle, I mean it's not going to change anything. You bring that quarterback in, uh, we saw what happened to Denver overnight, like when Peyton came out there. You know, um, yeah. people wanted to talk about like uh, that they were doing well. They had Tim Tebow. Uh, but like you saw the difference that a good quarterback can make. And so if Zach Wilson can come out there and actually show up and be a quarterback that he was drafted to be, then he has the capability of lifting them up to be a, a, a one-year turnaround. Um, do I think it's going to happen? I, I don't think so. I think there's so many roadblocks to that team right now. Um, they're making right moves. I think we, over the offseason, they've done a, a, a tremendous job. I just don't know that they're going to be able to make that quite that, quite that type of a turnaround especially with a quarterback starting out the way that he did with a holdout in training camp. I think a lot of people, you know, are going to look at that and say that that's a, everybody else got signed. You know what I mean? Hey, real quick, let's, uh, let's go around here. Who do you guys think will be the best of the rookies drafted? Like quarterbacks? Yeah. The best of the rookie quarterbacks drafted. I mean, they have the best, the best, the best seasons. Trey Lance. Right now. I, I think the the biggest upside is probably Trey Lance. I think he has a, a pretty high ceiling. Um, I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to come out and look like he's a professional player immediately. Um, but uh, Fields is going to probably come out and look like he is uh, what everybody thought he was going to be. You know, um, when he was, you know, I think he's going to be good. I don't know who's going to be better. Honestly, I think it's a tie. Um, I don't think Zach. I, I like Zach Wilson. I don't know that he's going to uh, come out and 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 top the production that uh, Trevor Lawrence is able to do. I just I can't see that happening. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really see that happening either. Uh, a lot of different opinions in the chat. I got we got some Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. Justin. Yeah, Fields my money's on that one. Yeah. It, yeah, it's going to be right there. It's going to be right there between the two. I mean, San Fran, they traded up to get Trey Lance. They're obviously a better team than, than the Jaguars are. They are obviously a better team than New York is. You know, so it's really going to come down to Fields versus Lance, you know, and who's going to really step up between them. I think it's going to end up being Lance that steps up first, but Fields is going to be right behind him because right. I, I don't think they're going to sit Andy Dalton in the beginning of the season. I think they'll do it more towards the end of the season or halfway through. But they aren't yeah. going to sit them in the beginning. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Justin Fields, uh, Andy Dalton's the starter for them right now. But all of their uh, 
like promotional material for all their preseason games. It's Justin Fields. Yeah, it's all Justin Fields. <laughs> uh, yeah, and everybody uh, come see uh, Justin Fields. You yeah, don't trade up. You don't trade up in the draft to get a guy that you're going to sit for a year. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it, it's <sighs> Justin Fields isn't going to sit sit back you know, at, at all. No. no, not at all. Yeah, why? Why would he, you know? Yeah. Especially the Bears have, you know, they've been waiting forever for for the right. quarterback. Um, so I wanted to uh, to talk about this. Uh, there's been a video going around Twitter uh, that I want to play for you guys. I'm going to play the sound too, um, and it is pertaining to the rules, um, and they're going to be. Uh, enforcing much stricter taunting rules uh, mm. in this year's season. So I'm going to play the video, and I will let you all uh, listen, and re- and then we will react to it when it's done. The NFL Players Association, coaches, and competition committee have all made a strong statement regarding respect among everyone on the field we saw an increase in actions that clearly are not within the spirit and intent of this rule and not representative of the respect due opponents and others on the field. Game officials have been instructed to strictly enforce the taunting rules and players and coaches are reminded that two taunting penalties committed by an individual player will result in automatic disqualification. In addition, the taunting player may be fined and or suspended depending on the severity of the actions. Fine, depending on the severity of the actions. And right now, I'm instantly thinking, like, after every interception, defensive backs run all the way to the other team's end zone, and they all pose for a team picture. Right, right. That's, like, commonplace now. Uh, Does this also go um, (laughs) to the touchdown celebrations? Like, is it just on the field? Like, I I don't know. I, I agree with Lynch. He said so subjective. And it definitely seems very subjective. And it also kind of seems like, you know, I don't know what the point of this is. Is it to reduce the number of fights? Like, I, I don't understand what it's doing. Is it for the kids? Like, yeah, who is it? Like, and that's the only thing you think serve? of. It's so, that, it's so that way the players don't get offended with each other. The players aren't asking for this. That's the thing. Yeah, like, no, they aren't. That's the dumb, it's the dumbest thing in the world to me. This doesn't. Um, I don't know what this helps. No. You, you know, like, is it a sportsmanship thing? Like, even this uh, play that they that they show right here, like, what? Who, so who's doing the taunting? Is it the one flexing or the one holding his hands up? Because like, they're both in each other's face. And Miles Jack was the one that made the big tackle on that play. So it's like, what, that's going to be a penalty? Dude, I I feel like there's going to be a bunch of BS ejections this year. Yeah, you're um, wrong. Yeah, and I feel like there's going to be a ton of it. Um, I don't know that we're necessarily going to have a bunch of it on our team. None of our receivers are really kind of showboaty, I guess. I mean, maybe Robbie Anderson a little bit, but I don't know. Do what? Just I want to get everyone's thoughts and opinions on on this rule. Is it too much? Like, what what is this? I think it's 
it's an interesting. I feel like we're in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know because they just it feels like it was just yesterday they turned it uh, like overturned it to what it is now, where it's like able to be you know you're able to actually celebrate because you weren't able to do that for the longest time. So I think that that's an interesting thing that I'm finding with it is like it just it it feels like it's it just happened like yesterday that we were able to do this and now they're overturning it. Like I don't I don't see the negatives that have taken place because of this. You know. Yeah, I don't. Go ahead. I think it all stems from that Super Bowl game last year. You know, when who was it? Uh, one of the players got an interception. I think it was like in the late in the second quarter, and it was the second time that the teams had played or something along those lines. And you know, they the guy threw up the peace sign or the two and in the other player's face. And I think that's what it all really stems from. You know, I I don't think the I don't think the refs want to deal with any of that. But right. It's like, come on, let the guys play football. You know, it's a physical physical sport. When you go and you absolutely own someone, yeah, you're going to want to flex on the guy just because it's like, yeah, I just did this. Like, yeah, you know, let the guys celebrate. Yeah. That, and that seems to be the sentiment, too. It's like, you know, it, it's, it's football. It's right. a tackle sport. It's an aggressive mm-hmm. sport by the nature. It's like. I don't understand what this is, uh, what this is doing for anyone. Like it doesn't change the sanctity of the game. Like again, right. I, I I don't know. Like normally, okay, when whenever the Saints had the uh, the flag crap happen in the playoffs and everybody's freaking out over defensive pass interference, like at least when they implemented the rule of challenging flags and stuff like that, then. It's like they had something that they were attempting to fix. This, like, I, I don't even see what they're even attempting to try and fix. It makes literally no sense in the world to me. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of a, it's like a nothing rule. Like, who is this helping? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I kind of feel like they're trying to piece away. I kind of feel like they're trying to please like old white men, yeah, dancing or or anything that's enjoyable. Like Pat, about like the sport. Pat McAfee calls them the old whites, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The old whites who have a problem with cussing and dancing. They were trying to get all that kind of shit. Yeah. All all the yeah. same people that were mad at Cam Newton. I don't was doing know anybody who end zone and dabbing and shit. <laughs> what are you saying, Nick? Yeah. But I said, what were you saying? Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, I mean, not um, I'm sorry, Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. yeah. I remember that woman who uh, wrote about, like, what am I supposed to tell my kid about Cam Newton dancing? And yeah, that's Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, and instead directed her daughter to look at the cheerleaders shaking their asses like somehow that was better than whatever Cam Newton was doing. Dude, that's the craziest thing in the world to me. But, um, hey, man, someone mentioned the Saints um, in the chat room, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, Patrick Robinson up and retired uh, for the New Orleans Saints, leaving them another hole uh, to have to deal with. And, yep. it, you know, I, I said this. I did a... Um, 
a podcast, uh, a NFC South roundtable um, for uh, the podcast was Forever I Love Atlanta uh, sports podcast. And I was on there. And one of the things that I said to them is that, dude, the, the Falcons and the Saints have so much turnaround, uh, you know, for the for the Falcons is their coaching staff. But the Saints, dude, they have lost so many players. They have players that are looking to be suspended, um, you know, players that are dealing with injury, players that are up and retiring. They don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be, if it's Taysom Hill or Jameis yep. Winston. Um, and, and now on, on, on top of that, uh, Michael Thomas continues to be the diva of all divas. And uh, apparently now um, Sean Payton and, and uh, Michael Thomas are taking pot shots at one another, uh, going back and forth. Um, uh, Sean Payton and the Saints wanted him to have surgery way earlier than he ended up having it. And now he's uh, having it late into the season. Yep. And he's like going on Twitter and talking about, you know, me keeping shut, help to save y'all's credibility or something like that. Dude, the Saints are in a complete upheaval right now and to me that says that there's never been a better time the downfall yeah, I mean, the listen, downfall of the saints there's you, never been a better time the for downfall. the panthers to rise man right the panthers have a real opportunity to to jump in here and, and do something special when two of your division rivals are trying to figure shit out i i've been saying ever since tom went went to the bucks you know, that it was the perfect time to start rebuilding because Tom is only going to get another year, maybe two. Right. I know he just signed an extension, but let's face it, the guy is going to be 45 years old next year. He's not going to want to keep playing football, especially if he gets another ring this year, which I hope to God he doesn't, you know, but it, it's the perfect time to rebuild. We knew that Tom only had a few more years. We knew that Drew was on the tail end of his career. We didn't think that it was going to be quite as soon as as it happened, but right. it worked out for us. So let the Bucks eat this year, because next year we'll come eating. You know, we'll we'll take that number one seat in the division. Yeah, and then you wonder how competitive we can be with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, so much of it hinges on you know those first six or seven games of the year for right. us. You know, if we're able to get off to a hot start, but man, if it's up and down early, I just don't foresee a scenario where the Panthers are, you know, really making a drive to beat Tampa Bay. Like we have to be healthy when it matters the most and mm -hmm. we have to come out and build some momentum. And, you know, obviously we're hoping that a bunch of players take the next step, but um, man, it, it makes that step not have to be as big. Now that we're looking at our two division rivals still kind of figuring stuff out. Now, now Julio's gone from Atlanta. They're pretty much depending on Kyle Pitts to be the new centerpiece of their offense. You know, there's just there's a lot going on uh, in the NFC South right now. And, it, it, I mean, obviously Tampa. But, dude, the Panthers right now, there's no reason why we shouldn't be um, in the contention for a wild card. I don't I mean, necessarily know if we'll go ahead. 
I was just saying there is a reason. I mean, it, and it could really, it falls squarely on one person's shoulders, in my opinion, and that is uh, Sam Darnold. You know, if if he's yeah. if he's what if he is able to play to his potential, then yeah, I 100% agree with you. If he's not able to play to his potential, I mean, we're back at square one, you know, uh, just trying to, I mean, we may be back, even though we've already exercised his fifth year option, we may be back to looking for a new you know, QB next year. I don't, I don't necessarily yeah. know if it all rests on Sam's shoulders. I mean, let's face it. Well, a lot of it does rest on his shoulders. You know, Scott Fitterer did not necessarily do him a whole bunch of favors in the offseason with the O-line. We didn't address the O-line soon enough in the draft. You know, and it's going to cost us in the long run. And I wouldn't be surprised that that's what keeps us out of the wild card hunt this season. And I can yeah. tell you right now, if we don't address the O-line in the fir- at least the first two rounds next season, I'm going to be – there's going to be some issues. You know, we can't go another year without addressing the O-line. We haven't even seen the team play this year. We're already worried about the O-line. Right. Yeah. And, again, I'm, I'm calling my shot. I'll, I want to be early on this because I really do feel this. I, I And I've been saying this for a while. I think uh, – Taylor Moten is going to be our left tackle. And uh, everybody who wants uh, him to play right, hey, I might even agree with you. I'm not even saying that this is what I think should happen. Uh, just the way I, I I see things, I really think they want to try and make uh, Brady Christensen their, their right tackle um, and, and move Taylor to the left. So, you never know. We maybe uh maybe we might end up uh, having our left tackle on the roster uh, as it is right now too. But uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we're we're waiting to see what Sam Darnold does. He has to turn it on. He has a lot of proving to do, a ton of proving to do, and you know it's it's hard to do that when the offensive line is in piecemeal. But you know I'm. These these dudes have to step up, man. And you're right; they're gonna get a good test when we play the Colts. Um, I mean, they have DeForest Butner. Um, they have that really good linebacker in the middle whose name escapes me right now. I think he went to South Carolina, not uh, like South Carolina, South Carolina. He went to like a lesser known South Carolina college. Uh, I'm not not entirely sure, but yeah, they have a really good defense and. You, you know, seeing what our receivers can do against them and how our offensive line holds up, like, yeah, this is going to be huge for us. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so, guys, there's no cat calls tonight. Uh, I, I wish there was, but there are sadly no cat calls tonight. Um, is there anything else of note uh, before we jump into the ice up picks? Is there anything else? of note that you guys wanted to mention or, or bring up or just anything of that nature. I mean, just, uh, I mean, maybe we can do a prediction for what we think is going to happen this week um, for the game, uh, whether or not uh, if we want to play, like who's going to win, who's going to lose, or how many plays are we actually going to see Darnold, things like that. I mean, I guess we could do like a little pregame. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a little, uh, uh, a little preview or some of the things yeah. that we, maybe we're excited or looking forward to the most right. or, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. CK, since you uh since you had the idea, why don't you uh why don't you lead this off? Um yeah, I'll go. I mean, I think right now, um, so just to clarify, guys, this Sunday we're gonna be playing the Indianapolis Colts. 
Um, it's going to be our first preseason game, the first of three, which they reduced down to three uh, when they extended the NFL season, regular season to 17 games instead. Um, so now we're getting a, a full on taste of what that's going to look like um, with this first uh, game. And um, listen, we're going up against an incredible defense, uh, first and foremost. So that part is going to be the biggest hurdle we have. Um, I think I'm most excited about seeing whether if we do end up playing Sam Darnold, it's going to be whether that chemistry is actually there and how we actually use our tight ends. If we're starting to, if I see action where we're actually using our tight ends, I'll be excited about that. Dope. I would love to see some, some more tight end usage, uh, right. especially out of this offense. It's been the most neglected position on our offense, really. You're not wrong. So yeah, that's, <laughs> Man, miss Greg Olson too, man. But uh, yeah, uh, Nick. But uh, again, we'll um, we'll, we'll talk about this some more too on the on the Friday free for all. But uh, it, what are you looking forward to the most um, in, in seeing in this preseason game matchup that we have uh, coming up? Well, I'm hoping that we at least play some of the starters. You know throw Burns out there a little bit, throw all those normal guys that you would see during a game out there. Just to, just to you know, kick uh, kick the rust off. I really want to see Sam play. You know, I want to see how he does full speed against, you know, with with no BS. Let's right. face it, the, ta- the team puts out a lot of footage that, you know, leads us to think one way or another that's not 100% truthful. Let's see how he actually does against real talent and go from there. So I think that's what I'm excited for. That and also Joey Sly. Let's see how he does. I mean, we talked a lot this offseason yeah. how he uh, how he was talking to a therapist or a psychologist or something along those lines. Yeah. You know, let's see if that pays off for him. Yeah, maybe that sports psychologist will help him make those big uh, NFL long field goal kicks that he was tasked with. Dude, Joey Slide literally had a chance to set an NFL record two times. Back-to-back weeks. Yeah, but and there was one of them that was like, it was a crazy play, dude. I don't know. But I'm, I'm definitely interested to see if Joey Sly um, uh, can be more consistent. I know Panther fans love the leg. He definitely has the leg to boot a 70-yard field goal. I think that's why everybody – Everybody loves him and what he can potentially do for us. But, yeah, has to be more consistent, especially on those short yardage kicks yeah. and those uh, and those uh, extra points. Yeah, those are have to have, must have those. Um, yeah, Kevin, what are you looking forward to the most um, at, at this preseason? And then we'll get a score prediction. And your volume is kind of messed up. You might need to plug your, plug your earbuds back in. Oh, okay. You hear me better? Yeah, much better. Okay. Yeah, Shy Smith is definitely that's my boy, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to see a lot from him. Tommy yeah. Tremble. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. That's. A... I'm hearing he's the next Kittle. I mean, I hear that's what people compare him to Kittle. Yeah. So I mean, definitely the defense. I mean, pretty much all the rookies. I'm just looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to see some more Tommy Tremble. Uh, you know, we're we're kind of projecting with the pass catching, like we're hoping that he could be the kind of receiver 
that yeah. George Kittle is, you know. Um, again, when he was in uh, at Notre Dame, they never really incorporated him into the past that much. So, mm-hmm. you know, he never really had an opportunity to really kind of show what kind of threat he was in the pass catching department. So, you know, again, you know, Kittle, especially right now, since Trimble hadn't done anything yet, might be kind of a lofty comparison, but I, I think people are, are looking at his meanness, dude. He's a badass old school tight end. He wants exactly. to block. He wants to put your ass in the dirt. Like this dude is yep. looking to take your lunch money, bro. And I'd love that, dude. Especially from a tight end. Yeah, yeah, we might need him at left tackle, dude. Um and, and real quick, you know, it's again, it's preseason. Like we don't really care if we too much if we win or lose. We're trying to right. see our depth and kind of see what it's about. But does anybody have a a, a final score prediction uh, for this uh, for this preseason game? I think we blow them out. Because they got that new quarterback. I don't think that quarterback's going to be ready. That Colts uh, quarterback. It might not be wrong. I mean, well, you got we already know Wentz is not going to be there. So they're already going to be starting the second, you know, their backup QB. Um, so we're going to have a bit of an advantage there. They're already dealing with, I mean, they, yes, they, they have some pieces in place. Their defense is, um, they've been dealing without Darius Leonard being in, uh, in uh, training camp because uh, he's trying to get, he was trying to get his extension done. Um, and now he's finally back and he just started practicing again. Um, I think that's going to impact their defense. Um but I, I think our, our depth in our second string is going to, you know, lift us ahead. I think we have an incredible amount of depth from an offensive standpoint um, and, a, and, and a few key positions on our defense. So I do agree. I think it's going to be a, a, a hefty uh, a hefty win in, in favor of the Panthers. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, next, let's go to you, man. You have a, you have a prediction for this, for this game? I'm going 20 to 12. 20 to 12. Yeah. Right. I think, I think we're going to get two touchdowns to uh, two field goals, but I think the two Colts touchdowns. are going to do nothing but go for field goals all game. Okay. All right. Kevin, you got a score for us? Uh, yeah. I already said blowout ball score. 28, 10. Hmm. All right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of thinking more towards Kevin. You know, may, I, I'm thinking maybe like a like a, a you know 24-14, something along those lines, maybe. You know, so, something something like that. And you know, I want to I want to see a good mix too. Right. Listen, I, I really like I said, I don't care too much what the score is. I don't care yeah. too much if, if we win or lose. The thing that I'm most looking forward to, and that I'm definitely wanting to see the most. Is I want to see members of our offensive line step up. Yeah. Like I want to. I want. I'm definitely not looking forward to potentially seeing another turnstile left tackle that's just constantly missing blocks and assignments. Um. And the the one thing I want most of all is for everyone to be healthy, for everyone to come out of this healthy and not banged up and no injuries. Um, right. Going forward. Well, I think the Colts are not going to. You know, put up a whole lot of points. They're already injured. Like, yeah. So that's another thing. They're dealing with uh, 
they don't have Carson Wentz. Jacob Eason uh, is apparently going to be their backup. Uh, this is a guy that went to Georgia, transferred out, went to Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, six foot six, big arm, not overly mobile, but a lot of people really did like him uh, coming out. He'll, I do think that he'll have the ability to stretch our defense. Um, I'm wondering if maybe uh, Jeremy Chin comes away with a few, uh, just by nature of them wanting to be aggressive and uh, you know throw the throw the ball downfield a little bit more. Um, so I'm also thinking that J.C. Horn definitely comes away with at least one interception. Mm. J.C. Horn is going to get that first interception. It won't really be the first one because it's preseason, but I do think uh, J.C. Horn is going to come away with one. It depends on the snap. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, A.J. Bouye is injured, so, I mean, in theory, he's going to get a majority of the snaps. But the one thing that I really want to see more than anything is rotation. Rotation all across the board. I want to see every player play. I don't want us to have to guess at what each player brings to the table. I don't want to sit here at the end of preseason and be like, well, this O-lineman didn't see a single snap, and this person on defense didn't see a single snap. We got guys on the roster that haven't seen a single snap, and they've been on the roster for years at this point. Like, that that's yeah. not right. We don't know what we have in those guys. Like, why, why keep them on the team at that point? You know, especially last season, given the right. fact that it was a losing season, we should have played all those guys. Who cares if we would have lost yeah. one more game? We already needed to lose the game in order to lose games in order to get the guys that we yeah, wanted. Yeah, to, to get better picks. And I was saying this last year too, dude. Like when, mm-hmm. when you're not playing for anything, you should already be treating the games like they're preseason for next year. Get your young guys some yeah. playing time. Get them on the field. And again, you know, I I I really wanted that to happen for us last year. I wanted PJ Walker to play. Uh, from then on after that Lions game. Yeah. I think we all kind of did. But, you know, again, I, I do think that there's good. some bureaucracy to it, too. Like, whenever you sign players for a certain amount of dollars and, you know, they're, they're set to make a certain amount of money also, depending on the number of snaps that they play. So I'm sure that that also kind of plays a part. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson is too. Out. What's his name? I can't even remember his name anymore. Uh, yeah, Matt Flynn. No, who? What, was it yeah, Matt Flynn? Flynn. Yeah, yeah he's Matt Flynn. Flynn. Yeah, yeah. Huge contract. Didn't even start week one. Russell Wilson. I mean, Cody. My big thing is we signed Aaron Montero. I think it was in like 2018, and he still hasn't played a single snap for us. He was the third string last year. He's the third string this year. I mean. The, the videos that I've seen, I'm not necessarily impressed with. But at the same time, let's see how the guy does in the game. At least show everybody, hey, this is the reason why we're going to be cutting the guy at the end of the season. Or, or this is the reason why this guy moved up from third string to second string. Right. You know, but we haven't done that. And that's kind of also the reason why we've had that sort of PTSD of sorts when transitioning from Ron Rivera to Matt Rule. They're both doing kind of the same thing in that aspect. They're favoring the veterans or the guys that we all know. 
you know, but we've had those opportunities in both seasons to play those guys that never get any snaps. I'm yeah. hoping to see Bobby Christensen out there ball and prove yeah. all the haters. Yeah, me too, man. This is enough, yeah, but what, listen, what happens? Okay, what happens if Brady Christensen goes out there and looks really good at right tackle? Like, do you think there's going to start to be more of a fervor to be like, well, especially if, you know, Cam Irving continues to look like shit and Trent Scott doesn't step up at the left tackle position? Like, I'm really thinking that if Brady Christensen impresses on the right side, it's going to kind of continue to push this uh, uh, momentum towards putting, like I said, putting Taylor on the left and putting Brady Christensen on the right side. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm kind of thinking that, uh, that it's inevitable. But we'll see. Well, the left tackle is more expensive. I mean, at the same time, at, with that argument, I'd rather put push Christensen over. You know you have a solid right-hand piece with Taylor Moten. Leave him there. Let's see how Brady Christensen does on the left side. If the dude balls out on the left side, well, hey, now we've solved both sides of the line in the same offseason. Is it going to yeah. work out like that? Probably not. But at least there's a chance for it to work out like that. Yeah, I mean – Again, if I'm a betting man, I bet that it's damn near inevitable. Like, I mean, I, yeah. it, again, it, it depends on Brady Christensen. Right. But you know, right now, he's penciled as the the backup right tackle. And I, I think that that's the way our coaches are wanting this thing to happen. And what did they grade him? What, it was what? like a third of what did they grade? Yeah, it was the it was the weirdest shit uh, in the world. He, he, <laughs> he played almost exclusively left tackle, and they had him as a third round tackle and a second round guard. Like, so what, what do you think that means that they have him as the backup tackle instead of like a guard? Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't that run contradictory to their own evaluation of him? But yeah, if it's that yeah, if it's that good of a guard, why aren't you playing him on the interior? Right. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but it's the most Panthers thing ever. <laughs> right? It is definitely the most Panthers thing ever, man. But um, well, guys, I think we have finally made it to the final section of our show tonight. See, when there's no cat calls, we might get out of the show in uh, in two hours' time. How about that? <laughs> but don't worry, your calls will return. Next Tuesday, that's a promise. Tony will be back. Uh, Tomessa says, shout out to Tony, 100%. Shout out to Tony. Um, having a great time on vacation with the fam. Um, once again, if you haven't done so already, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Um, and uh, there's nothing else to do on this show but to do our final segment where we tell some fools to ice up, son. And I happen to know that uh, CK has come equipped with his uh, ice up pit today. So I did, and you know CK, we couldn't go. I'll, I'll let you have the floor, brother. We couldn't go an entire podcast without talking about the man, the myth, the legend himself, Cam Newton. Um, I don't know if you want to pull up those pictures I sent in the uh, Twitter uh, uh, DMs. Yeah, but yeah, basically... We all know that Cam Newton has these 
um, these nicknames. He always gives out to everybody on the team immediately, like when he gets on the team right. or when he meets them or whatnot, right? So he he had you know given uh, his fellow quarterback Mac Jones a name of uh, called Mac and Cheese, right? Because his name's Mac Jones. Well, I mean, well, not really Mac Jones. We know what his his name is, but um, you know he prefers Mac. <laughs> but so so there they were talking about somehow they there was this podcast or this thing on in New England. And there, there was a gentleman who's taking offense to Cam Newton calling Mac Jones Mac Jones and saying that it's body shaming. Like, you were calling him Mac and Cheese before body shaming. Oh, like, bro, I, have, I don't think I've ever heard of anything so stupid in my life. It's the, the dumbest. The stupidest thing I've ever... Well, I, I'm not going to say the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I think we've all heard some, some stupid shit, but... I mean, I by, by and far, that's 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 definitely <laughs> one of those things. You're like, he's not really calling people like. There's no way that he really thinks that's body shaming. But anyway, to that guy, I'm just gonna say, ice up, son, ice up. Yes, ice up. And by the way, like, I feel like he's reading more into it than like. Obviously, he's reading more into it, right. but like he was the one that associated mac and cheese with. This dude's flabby body. Like, no, dude, you're the one pointing that out. Not Cam Newton, doofus. And by the way, why would anyone be offended by that? Who do you know that doesn't love mac and cheese? Even <laughs> vegans love mac and cheese. They make vegan mac and cheese, dude. Right. Like, everyone loves mac and cheese. What's your problem? Uh, dude, I have, ever since Cam joined the Patriots, we have, like, really become aware, especially if you're on Twitter, just how fucking dumb so many Patriots fans are, dude. Like, God, they will just say the most outlandish. Right. Denim's going to start. Yeah, dude. Just crazy shit. Um, Coming from the guy that lives up in Mass, this story does not surprise me one bit. <laughs> not even yeah, in the slightest. How, <laughs> how, how could it, man? Yeah, that's... I sub that truly. Right. Hero's path says, um, "Yeah, Nick or Kevin, this is your. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done uh, a real ice up before. I don't know if you have anything prepared, but is there Good. anyone that either of you two would like to ice up in the name of Steve Smith tonight?" Go ahead, Kevin. I got mine. I've had mine for the last few weeks. <laughs> See, I didn't come prepared, so I never had one, but I do have one now, and that's All my right, internet. I up, man. Like, I'm on my mobile data right now, and it's doing better than my internet connection. Oh, wow. So I guess, you know, I guess really ice up to me for picking Comcast as my internet connection. So ice up to yeah. myself, ice up to Comcast. Ice up. Yeah, I, I have not – I've had Comcast two times in my life, and both of them were terrible. Yeah, that's all, that's all I have up here, and they they are absolute garbage. Oh, that's. I've so never cute. had them, so I can't relate. Yeah, oh, <laughs> thank the Lord. That, thank the Lord that you have it. But uh, yeah, Nick. Yeah, what do you have for your uh, for your ice up pick tonight? So, I am an electrician. 
during the week, I work for a commercial contractor. He's at, he actually has an office down in Charlotte or down in Raleigh, I should say. Um, but nights and weekends, I have my own business that I run. Okay. So last September, get a phone call from a customer saying that they want an underground service put in. No big deal. Take care of the work. It takes, at the end of the day, it ends up taking me a month and a half because I'm waiting on National Grid to tell me whether or not they need to replace the pole before I bring my wires up to the pole. Yeah. Finally get the job done. You know, National Grid kind of does their thing and they take their time and I end up having to move things around to make things work for the customer. Everything gets all squirt away. You know, customer, they fight me tooth and nail the entire way just because, in my opinion, the lady's a lawyer and a politician. So she wants to try to fight every step of the way so that way she doesn't have to pay for something. Of course. So by the end of October, job's done, move on. Get a phone call from her probably about three weeks ago at this point saying that her basement is now leaking sand and stone into her basement. So I asked her to send me pictures, you know, trying to keep everything through text so that way there's some sort of paper trail. Yeah. And it looks like she literally took dirt and sand and just threw it in the corner of her basement. <laughs> okay, because you could definitely tell the sand the sand and the dirt was a different color than how it normally is when it's untouched. Yeah. So I she's like, yeah, I'm going to call someone, have them look at it, get an appraisal, that sort of deal. But my insurance, my deductible for my insurance is five grand. I'm like, all right, well, when you get that information, let me know who they find liable. We'll go from there. Calls me up three weeks later. And she says, oh, yeah, the basement guy said that your trench was at fault. So you need to pay. I'm like, okay, can you send me the report that the guy has? Oh, he never gave me a report. Okay, can you give me his phone number? No, you need to come here and you need to take care of this. I'm like, look, Marlene, you fought me tooth and nail last year to get so that way I could finally get paid at the end of the job. Okay. You're starting off the conversation of I need to pay your deductible. And then three quarters of the way through the conversation, whenever I tell you that I need the information of the guy that you called. So that way you can talk to them. You're sitting here telling me that you're going to take me to court and file for triple damages. No, any homeowner that wants to get their house taken care of, they are going to do whatever needs to happen in order to get that done. If a contractor is saying, Hey, can I just have the phone number of the guy that you that you talked to and had appraise your stuff? Usually a homeowner is going to do it if there isn't any issues. So I've been dealing with this for the last three weeks come to find out in talking to my next door neighbor who has been doing underground work for the last 20 years, the trench that I dug doesn't even line up with the corner of the house. It's like two feet away. And there's no way possible that me digging with a shovel could have caused the issues that she has. So to anyone wow. that tries to scam a contractor, okay. <laughs> I have to say ice up because at the end of the day, we do this for a living. Nobody wants to pay for our work, and I completely understand that, but you're paying for the guy's knowledge. So don't try to screw the guy over because he'll be more than more than happy to help you out if you ever have an issue. Right. Dude, man, the lengths that people will go through just to save a quick buck and fuck over oh, someone man. else, huh? It's so sad. Dude. 
Man. As, as soon as she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take you to court for triple damages, I'm like, all right, you're just trying to play a game here. So, you know, give me the information that I need so that way I can help you out or just go do whatever you need to do. But I'm not playing. So. Unbelievable. Wow. Ice up, son. Definitely ice up. So my ice up is um, one I found going through Twitter today. Apparently, uh, at the Colorado Rockies baseball game, there is a uh, their mascot. His name is Dinger. And this floated by my timeline because uh, the Colorado Rockies actually put up a, a, an update to this story. But apparently... One of the fans leaned over the guardrails and was like shouting a bunch of racist shit at the mascot. I, I couldn't find out what was being said or what how it was said or what was said. Um, but uh, the Colorado Rockies even put out um, a message about it on their Twitter account after a thorough and after a thorough investigation. That included calls, emails, and video clips from concerned fans, media, and broadcast partners. The Colorado Rockets have concluded that the fan was indeed yelling for mascot, Rockies mascot, Dinger, in hopes of getting his attention for a photo, and there was never any racial slur that occurred. So, some guy, apparently, had been accused of saying all this racist shit, and... It never happened. They say that there was never any racial slur that occurred. So it, it's like, where the hell did this even come from? Like, oh, you know what was, it is? What? Oh, he's yelling for the mascot. Say the mascot's name. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I, I, I heard. I actually heard the video of this. Like, I listened to the video of this, and it does sound remarkably close to you know. Oh, so everyone thought they heard him saying the yeah. N-word. Yeah. And then it turned out that he was just saying dinger. Yeah. But yeah. If, they, if they knew that that was the 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 mascot's name, then people couldn't like put two and two together that maybe that's not what he was saying. Dude. No. You wow. the of the mascot? Hey, so listen. What? You have a picture of the mascot? What it looks uh, like? I can pull one up. Listen, in an opportunity to be woke, people are going to try to be woke, you know? Yeah. Because cancel culture. <laughs> right. Let's look at this guy right here. Dang it. Rockies. I also oh, want to up that college that, you know, paid $50,000 to remove a rock because somebody said that it was racist. What? Oh yeah, there there was some school that just spent like fifty thousand dollars removing a forty ton rock because there was some news article that was put out a hundred years ago calling the rock racist or something along those lines. It it's was a, just dude, it's a freaking triceratops. <laughs> Why? It's a Why? triceratops. <laughs> what? Like, Aren't they like what's their team name? Uh the Rockies. Yeah, Colorado Rockies. What is, yeah, what does that have to do with that at all? That's I one ugly bear. No, yeah, I guess you had that, right? <laughs> Yo, hey, hey, what that bear doing? <laughs> what that bear doing? Yeah. What that bear doing? 
Uh, that, they think it's like a a deer with cancer or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, and like, have you seen the Philadelphia Phillies mat? Uh, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies mascot. No yeah. one can tell you what that thing is. Like, what the hell is that thing? Nobody knows. It's a fanatic, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that is all for the ice up picks, and therefore, that is all for us tonight. We did a whole show without Tony Dunn. We managed to make it happen, bro. We did it. We did a whole show. Um, thanks to all of you for t- uh, tuning in. <laughs> Watching the show, listening in. Um, CK, why don't you tell these fine people how they can find you on the interwebs? Well, you can find me uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, Code Dizzle Allen. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, look at all the social medias. You know, just, just look me up. Come say hi. All right. All right. My, uh, my really, my, my two co-hosts. For the Friday free for all, uh, these guys have been joining me every Friday. I'm sure I'll see them again next Friday. And by the way, a little shout out to that too. If you want to join the show, Fridays are your opportunity to do it. I'll put the link to the stream yard for each and every one of you to come in, talk to me personally, talk to Nick, talk to Kevin, talk to CK if he ever wants to come in and join us on a Friday. Fridays are for the fans. Come by every Friday at 7 for the Friday free-for-all. Especially after this season starts. Man, there's going to be a ton to talk about, dude. Right. So check that out. Nick, tell the people um, where they can find you, man, or uh, anything you want to plug. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle's Monty's Motorsports. Post up all about cars, trucks, but I'm happy to talk to you about anything you want. Football, Marvel, anything out there. So announcing my new project car it's probably going to be on saturday that i post it up so stay tuned for that nice check it out i was trying to peer pressure nick earlier into getting a twitter account (laughs) i feel like i feel like like i'm a crack dealer trying to trying to push a drug on you dude do it just once i promise you'll never go back dude i swear you kind of are dude yeah i know right well but I'm, I'm trying to be your pusher man bro <laughs> but uh yeah kevin my dude um anything you want to tell the people anything you want to plug um my boys they have a podcast called the long game dynasty podcast so basically fantasy football dynasty league they just talk about dynasty you know football they got me into it playing it um i'm on twitter it's kbosh89 I'm normally not really on it too much. I just fuck with Cody, and it makes me happy to try to piss him off. Yeah, it's pretty hard to piss me off, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. Yeah, I don't get annoying. Yeah, I know. I've learned (laughs) to just not be offended by anything that happens on Twitter. Twitter is not the real world. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's why we get along so well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for tonight's edition of the C3 Panthers podcast. If you haven't done so already, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell to get notified every time we go live. And until this Friday, um, when we will do our Friday free-for-all, and I'm pretty sure we're doing a post-game show on Sunday as well. That's right. 
football season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Get hyped. Keep pounding. We're out. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.